welcome to Keeper Chat. My name is Fauna. And my name is Laura. And this is a weekly podcast where we chat about animals. We are real-life zookeepers, and each week we will be discussing a new animal and learning more about them. As always, nothing we say reflects our organizations, and all thoughts and opinions are our own. So with that, let's get grimy with some bears. Let's get berry grimy. Oh, that was better than whatever I just said. Stole it. Stole it from your brain hole. You know what? You're learning from me, and I love that. <laughs> I'm advanced now. I love that. Flora, how was your week? Mine was okay. I'm drinking a smoothie right now out of a <gasps> reusable bamboo straw. Slurp, Holy slurp, slurp. shit. Slurp, slurp, slurp. Look at you saving the planet one smoothie at a time. Fuck yeah. Um, What did I do this week? What year is it? I don't know. I've been watching. Oh, I've been watching Sex Education on Netflix because I am in love with Jillian Anderson. Yeah, she's great. She's so good in it. Everyone should watch it. All right. That's, that's it. That's all I have to say. Um, how was your week? <laughs> yeah, sometimes our weeks aren't interesting, and sometimes they have nothing to do with the animals. <laughs> sometimes <laughs> we just find a new Netflix show that we were like really vibing with, and that's she's, cool like, too. So good. Um, two things of note. I guess three things. First off, I'm drinking some delicious honey lavender stress relief tea. I'm Damn. all about that self-care life after yes. our Q&D episode 10 from last yeah. week. Yeah. Yeah. Taking care of myself. It's great. Second, I have a foot cramp. I don't know where that happened or why it started. Oh, girl, but... get you a banana. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> you know what? I wish I had like a little like heating pad for my foot. That'd be nice. Ooh, I'm having it's just wicked like, deja vu. Have we talked about this before? Probably every day of our lives. Oh my god, I'm like tripping through space and time. Uh-oh. No! Uh-oh, I feel uh-oh. like I've even just said that before. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Uh, I love that like my foot cramp is triggering your deja vu. <laughs> <laughs> ah! I feel like I asked you to like get a banana before and then you were like, why? Hmm. Hmm, what a weird and interesting coincidence. <laughs> what a super interesting story that I'm telling out loud mm. to millions of people. Billions of people. <laughs> I'm not exaggerating. We have, like, millions of listeners. Mm-hmm. Millions with a B. Uh, third thing of note, at work today, just, like, my shift door stopped working. <laughs> super. So that was, like, really um, great and helpful. I love that. Yeah, for anyone who doesn't uh, work with animals, or for anyone who does, I'm sure you can commiserate, but, like, there are, like, several different types of shift doors, and shift doors are, like, the doors that we can control, like, open and close Mm -hmm. to control the location of our animals. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, like, there are, like, physical ones where you have to, like, pull on, like, a pulley system and it'll open, or you, like, physically, like, push a door in and out of a slot or, like, whatever. Um, And then there are, like more industrial ones like you can have like hydraulic ones you can have ones that are like on like air pistons and you can have i don't know there's like a bunch of ones whatever garage door remember ours were garage doors yeah garage doors there's one electronic one so anyways uh i work with hydraulic doors uh which is great because if the power goes out you can still use your doors nice um however sometimes they just close and stay closed for 20 years for no reason. Oh. Which was great, because, like, one of my animals was on the other side of the door, and he was, like, peeking at a window, like, hey, what are you doing? Hey, I want to come in, inside. <laughs> and he's just looking at me, like, why are you opening this? And I was like, hey, bud, I love you so much. I'm so sorry. The door is jammed closed. 
And the only way I can open it is if I take a crowbar and pry the door open. But considering the fact that you're like a giant ape, I don't want to do that because you would kill me. You would snap me into a million pieces. Mm-hmm. Well, that-, so that was really fun and well- really made for like a nice, like stress-free, like relaxing oh. closing shift. I'm sure. It was really good. Well, that's what we had to do at that place where we had garage doors. It literally was a garage door opener. And if the power went out, which it did all the time because it was like a thunderstorm fucking central. Yeah. We could like go in and like pull that little lever that's on garage doors, like manually open it. Mm-hmm. Then I was just like in the room and then I would just like have the door open. I would like pull that, push the door and then like run out as fast as I can and then let the fucking hippo inside. <laughs> It's a nightmare. Yeah, that's real scary. <laughs> it was a nightmare. We worked in the worst place. Actually, it wasn't that bad. No, it wasn't great, but it wasn't that bad. Yeah, no, and like, I hear much worse stories of other Oh, for places. sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah, and there are like pluses and minuses to every type of door. Like, oh, physical yeah. tours are great because you can like control them to a certain degree and you don't have to like rely on like water pressure or like electricity or whatever. Mm-hmm. But also at the same time, if you are for instance, working a physical door and an orangutan is on the other side, like, that's no contest there. No, gonna it becomes up. It becomes a strength contest. And, like, I don't know. I don't have to, like, reveal that much about myself for you guys to probably guess that I cannot physically overpower an orangutan. <laughs> I don't think, <laughs> I don't think mm. any living person can. Mm. So if they don't want that door shut, they can just, like, hold it open with, like, a pinky and be asleep. Right. Meanwhile, I'm, like, pushing with all my might, so. Yeah. Well, I've worked at places, too, that have, like, the guillotine, like, manual door that you're pulling a cord to, like, open. Mm -hmm. And then for some reason, they're like, well, we don't need a pulley system. Let's just use, like, your entire body weight to, like, Uh for this steel door that's going to keep a tiger in. And it's like, oh, cool. So if I hang off of this, I still can't open it. Thanks. (laughs) Thanks for your smart device that you made. It's super good. Yeah, the whole point of, like, putting something on a pulley is to make a simple machine, right? It is to make, like, the work easier. Right? Right? <laughs> you would fucking think that? Yeah, I remember there was that place you and I worked together. Um, second place that we worked together. Ding! Spoilers! And... <laughs> We've worked, um, worked together. We have. And, like, one of the guillotine doors was literally, like, a 150-pound guillotine door. Mm-hmm. And also... It was taller than I am with, like, my arms outstretched above my head. Yes. So I couldn't like, even reach it, no, and I didn't have any leverage. Fucking, yeah, you just step on a thing and then hang off of it from the ceiling, and then still you'd just be, like, hanging there. Yeah, and I was like, um, and, I, and like, someone uh, who worked there was always just like, well, you're going to have to be able to work this door if you're going to work this area. And I was like, I appreciate that, but, like, this is ridiculous. Yes. <laughs> like, this is stupid. Anywho, I digress. Hey, what are we talking about? <laughs> this week, we're talking about bears. Bears. I just realized, like, we haven't really talked about bears. And there's a lot of bears. There's a lot of bears, and they're also excellent. They're great. They're so good. And actually, so I asked our patrons for bear suggestions, and they, boy, did they deliver. Yeah, uh, fucking bonkers. Yeah, our patrons blew up that thread. Thank you, guys. They suggested a total of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight different types of bears. Whoa. And there were multiple votes for, like, each different type of bear. So, like, Whoa. people were all about that bear life. 
The bear that got the most votes is the sun bear. I knew it. That fucking creepy thing. I knew it. Yeah. People can't resist that long tongue and that weird chest hat. <laughs> so that's what we're going to talk about today. But don't worry. If we didn't talk about your bear this time, like I love bears and we're going to talk about bears in the yeah, future. So do don't even worry about it. Where do I even start? Let me wait. Let me get a Google image. Oh, look at it. Okay. Yeah. Oh, my God. All right, I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready. I'm prepped. Jesus Christ. Okay, sun bears. These guys are found in Southeast Asia. They're found in the tropical forests of Southeast Asia. Okay. Uh, let's let's get into that scientific name, shall we? Oh yeah, what is it? Okay, so first and foremost, we're in class Mammalia. We're in the order Carnivora. Mm-hmm. We are in the family Ursidae, yes, which is bears. the bear family. Welcome to the bear family, Ursidae. The genus is Helarctos, and then the species is Mylan. Well, hold, hold on. Whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, Malay. Uh, yeah, Malayinus. Mela. Oh my God, I cannot Melanomas. say that. It's like if you say Malay and then anus, and I don't mean that disrespectfully. Malanus. It's Malanus. There you go. Wait, it's Malay. not Uranus. It's Malanus. No, it's like there's an Wait. A after. Like, it's like Malay and then anus. So it's like Malayanus. There we go. Malayanus. God, I could not tackle that. That was rough. It's, Anyways. It's Hector's anus. Yum. Helarctos Malayanus. There we go. Jesus. I wanted to talk to you about the fact that there are two different subspecies. Ooh, so I mentioned didn't that they're that. found. Yeah, they mentioned that they're found in Southeast Asia. Yes. And they're, the two subspecies are the Bornean and the Malayan. That so makes sense, right? It does. I was just going to ask, is one in Malaysia? <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 for sure. And the other is in, dun 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 Borneo. What? hmm Oh my gosh, I feel like I have to sneeze. Here it comes. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm so like- sorry. <laughs> I feel like I'm wet from here. I'm in the splash zone of that. That was so close to my ear holes. Ew. Don't sit in the first four rows. <laughs> You're gonna get splashed. <laughs> gonna get wet. Uh, so here's a little fun fact. In Malay, the sun bear is called Basindo Nan Tengil, I think is how you say it, or Tengil, which translates to he who likes to sit high. And that checks out, man. These guys like to sit in trees. <laughs> In fact, they're really, really accomplished climbers, and a lot of the physical adaptations they have are hypothesized to help them with their climbing abilities, which makes a lot of sense, So, right? like, God was like, oh my god, I mean, Darwin was like, mm-hmm. okay, this thing needs to climb trees, let me make it look so fucked up and like a human in a bear suit, because yes. that'll help. Yeah. I don't like the way it walks. <laughs> yeah, it's really bad. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about what they look like, and then we can get into, like, the horrible, creepy way in which they move. <laughs> yeah. So to give you a little bit of reference, the sun bear is the smallest of the bear species. And in fact, there are eight Ooh. bear species in the world. Sun bear is the smallest. So <gasps> Can you name um, all of them? Not off the top of my head. Try! Okay, so there's, like, black bear. There's the polar bear. Sloth bear. Brown bear, sun bear, Andean bear. What's a Kodiak bear? Is that a bear? That is a brown bear. 
Are all the brown bears, like, is Grizzly a brown bear? Grizzly is a brown bear. We're not talking about brown bears. Is there some kind of Asiatic? You know, I cannot Asiatic. release information about other bears in the sun bear episode. <laughs> this is about sun bears. This isn't about every bear. Well, now we're going to have to, because someone, someone, someone right now is screaming bear names. Yeah, right. Is it- so let me just Google it, because they're going to be like, no! <laughs> and then, like, we would never bring it up again, and they would be actually sweating. That's true. I feel like I got close, right? One, two, three, the eight bear four, species five, of the world. Six. Yeah, you did six. North American black bear, brown uh-huh. bear, uh-huh. polar bear, Asiatic uh-huh. black bear. I said Asiatic. Yeah, you did. Andean bear. Uh huh. Panda bear. Oh, panda. Duh. Sloth bear, sun bear. That stupid black and white bitch. <laughs> Doing his own Whatever. thing. It's- so, anywho. <sighs> Yeah. Okay. Anywho, to give you a little bit of perspective, uh, a male sun bear is roughly five feet long. Okay. And can weigh up to 150 pounds. So it's not like super big. No, they're um, like creepy lanky. Right. Yeah. They're not oh. like filled out. Yeah. Yeah. They're also, yeah, they're kind of leggy in a weird way. In like a bad way. Yeah. Like it's like, um,. If there was like a werebear, like a human, and he was like oh, morphing, it was that's like actually what it is. And they caught him halfway between morphs, and he got stuck like that. That's, that's what so a true. Is. Um, by the way, it's one and a half meters roughly. Oh, I know sick. we said we were gonna start um, putting stuff in metric, and so it's also weighs upwards of roughly sixty nine kilogra- kilograms. Is what I said. <laughs> kilograms. I got so wrapped up in the fact that I said 69 and I wanted to go nice that I said kilograms like some kind of fool. Now we're banned. Now this podcast is banned in every other country because they're embarrassed. Yeah, science has kicked us out of the science community. Great. It's all my fault. I'm so sorry. It has nothing to do with the fact that like we called Darwin dad or God. It's because you said it. (laughs) Yeah, the science community is like, that's fine. (laughs) We're good with it. Oh, all right. Continue. Tell yeah. me. I'm so sorry about that. Oh, my God. Um, but I guess a little bit more perspective is they're uh, roughly half the size of American black bears. So I guess okay. if you have any concept of what the size of American black bear is, then there you go. That might be helpful to you. Yeah. Uh, as far as their appearance goes, they are um, they have short, um, thick black fur covering their entire body. They're super and then- velvety looking. Yeah, they do. It's almost like um like a cowhide rug, you know, when you like see those. It's almost yeah. that like same shininess. Um uh, but they do have uh kind of patchy faces, so there's like the pink skin underneath mm-hmm. that shows through. And then da 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 where their name comes from, they have a crest on their chest that's sort of like a golden color mm-hmm. and it's in the it's kind of the shape of like a sun coming over the horizon. Thus why they call them Sun bears. I think it looked like a horseshoe. He could have been a horseshoe bear. A little bit. It kind of does look like a horseshoe. Or just like a... Or just a U. Just a U. Like an upside down U. (laughs) The U bear. It's the relative of the care bear. (laughs) The U bear. But all their... Everybody's got different booby ones, though. Right. And that's actually um, a really cool fun fact, is that each crest on a sun bear is individual. So it's like a fingerprint, and it's unique to the individual that yeah. it belongs to. Because some of these bears have like a full circle. Yeah. It's pretty nuts. This but is that's, nuts. I guess as far as like 
how their body is built, it's weird. So, like, their arms <laughs> kind of, like, turn inward a little bit. So, they kind of, like, pigeon toe. Mm. And they walk and, like, stomp with, like, a pigeon toe-esque flavor to it. So, it becomes this, like, very odd gait. Google it. Um, and they kind of just, like, thump their body around. Plus, like, when bears walk, they're already a little bit pigeon-toed. But add in the, like, yeah. extra pigeon-toed fact of their legs. And they have these, like, really long, sharp, curved claws. They just kind of look like... They do look like a werebear. Like a human who became a bear. Mm-hmm. But that pigeon-toed walk is very important because it's a adaptation for their arboreal lifestyle. It helps them to climb trees so oh. that they can actually, like, dig into the bark and, like scuttle up that tree like it's nothing that makes sense just i mean if i like it yeah i don't love it but it definitely makes sense those claws in fact are upwards of four inches or 10 centimeters long and the um soles of their paws are hairless so that's gonna help mm. them like move around For without sure. slipping yeah but during the day these sun bears will typically live in the branches of the trees in their habitat and they'll build nests up there where they can just, like, chill or sunbathe. Uh, and they typically f- do this in areas that are undisturbed um, by humans. But on those areas where it's just, like, super remote, they'll spend more time on the ground. Which makes sense, right? They don't want to be around those, like, stinky, horrible humans. Yeah, that's fucking awful. So when you think about a bear... Um, I think about you probably, bears a lot. I, I know, right? Like, you're probably already thinking about a bear. <laughs> yeah. So you're just like, who, me? Are you talking to me? <laughs> me right now? Yes. With um, my bear thoughts? But you probably have, like, a general idea of what a bear looks like, right? It's kind of got, like, a longer snout. Yes. And, like, like beady black eyes. And then just, like, a big bear body. And that's kind of, like, a bear for you, right? Yeah, so it sun bears, be. Yeah, so sun bears do have, like, that big, meaty, dense head and that, like, longer snout. But... Uh, one unique adaptation that they have is that their eyes are more forward-facing than yeah. a bunch of other bears. Um, they have little heads. They do, yeah. So, like, polar bears are, like, a really long-standard bear. They're the largest one, too. And they... Yes, makes sense. Um, their eyes are more on the side, but because they're a predator, they are still forward-facing, but they, like, tend to angle more out to the side mm-hmm. because they have to, like, look around their big old schnoz. And... Um, whereas a sun bear, there's kind of just like face more forward of all the other bears. And this again is a climbing adaptation so that they can see where they're going. I'm just really upset. I'm watching this video of this bear. <sighs> there's just oh. something not right about it. Yeah, it's weird. Okay, this is a, this is a sun bear, Mary and Mr. Hobbs. I'm watching oh, a video my gosh. of them. I think it's because I'm trying to figure out why I'm having anxiety watching this. I think it's because they have the short hair and then they're so slim. Like his yep. body is so like you usually see them and they're like rotund, but he is like thin as all get out and like Yeah, they are really slim slender. and like sleek. You don't yes. expect them to be I think slender is a great way to put it. You don't expect them to be slender. You kind like of expect the them to be like the slender man of bears. I hate this. <gasps> slender bear. No. My worst nightmare. He's standing on two legs eating grapes out of this toy. Uh, I can't. Yeah, it's wild. Uh, so let me, um, speaking of their eating. Yeah. Let me, let's just get it out of the way. They have okay. an unusually long tongue. It's disturbing. I'm looking And they at just it. like have no qualms about shooting that in anything whatsoever. Great. So this super long tongue can be upwards of uh, seven to nine inches. 
which is like <gasps> out of this world. Um, and what is that like? Twenty centimeters? I'm so sorry. I'm very bad at the metric system and conversions. Um, but they, it's very very useful for um, obtaining food, of course, and insects. So like they will oh. shove it inside tree holes and other type places to retrieve insects. But these guys love honey, so they're also looking for honey, which Fucking is like the most stereotypical like bear thing I've yeah. ever heard in my entire life. This is actually probably what Pooh is, like Winnie the Pooh. I know, like it's probably uh, a sun bear. I don't like it. I don't like thinking about it. I don't like it. Don't mention that ever again. <laughs> okay, well I'm gonna mention it again right now because <laughs> they're commonly known as the honey bear, God specifically <laughs> because of their voracious appetite for honeycombs and honey. They're all about that honey life. All about it. I'm watching. Mm-hmm. I'm still mm-hmm. watching Mary and Mr. Hobbs. They're in a fight right now. I think they're getting introduced. Woof. Um and. Yeah, they're just, you guys have got to, like, see them in action. I mean, pictures are weird, but, like, seeing them move, uh, I just, Mm -hmm. it's like a taper. I don't know. It's butts weird. They're so thin. Now Mary and Mr. Hobbs are, like, instantly in love. Oh, my God. (laughs) That's cute. Now they're cuddling and licking each other. Okay, cool. (laughs) <laughs> Just an update on Mary and Mr. Hobbs. Very cool. I think they're in love. So I want to tell you about a few uh, just general, like, bear adaptations, but, like, some that the sun bear has that are particularly impressive. So, first and foremost, they have a very powerful bite force mm-hmm. due to the morphology of their jaws. And they will use this bite force to tear into tree bark and trees to get at the insects and stuff beneath it. Um, we already talked about kind of their weird pigeon toe runway walk, which is yeah. great for living in the trees. Um, but then, like pretty much all other bears, they have an excellent sense of smell. And it's generally uh, agreed upon that a bear's sense of smell is roughly several times thousand, several, wow, oh my god, mm-hmm. several thousand <laughs> times better than a human sense of smell. Jesus. So I remember when you and I worked at one of the places we worked at together, um, one of the things that we would tell guests when they would, like, ask about bears is that, like, their sense of smell was so good that they could um, smell what you had for dinner last night, (laughs) right? And, like, they could, like, smell, like, food buried underground, like, a mile away, like, super easily. And that was always something that, like, we could put into perspective and people would be like, oh, my God. But, like, it's kind of gross, but true. I mean, yeah, they're, like, smelling into different planes, I think, is what it is. I agree. That's why I they think can they're smelling through a picnic basket. They're always exactly. going to find your tent and your, like, poorly hidden food stash. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because exactly. they can and smell like... it in the ethereal plane and find it in the visible plane. Well, I think the fact that they can also smell into the past, present, and future means that they're going to know where your campsite is 20 years from now anyways. True. I mean, Like, they're just going to be sitting there waiting for you. (laughs) If a sun bear was haunting me, I would just kill myself. It would follow you into every plane, though. Any other bear? Like, sure. But, like, this? Yeah, this is my ghost of Christmas, present, future, and fucking past. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's pretty bad. He is nightmarish in appearance. I caught the like back end of this weird 
show on, I think, like, National Geographic or something. It was about these people living in Alaska, and there was just, like, this stupid idiot man who went up there, and he had, like, this stupid, like, bear tooth necklace that he wore, and he had made camp on the edge of some lake or something, and there was this bear, like, across the lake, like, looking at him, and he starts, like, shouting over to the bear, um, I don't even know what he was shouting, but he turns to the camera, and he was like, I understand bears. He's like, I have to shout at the bear to let the bear know that I'm here, and then it won't want to come near me because it recognizes that I'm here. And I was like, bruh, that bear knew you were there before you were even born, and it just, like, chose not to come over because you probably are an idiot, and it's like, no, I'm just gonna wait till he's asleep, and I'm gonna eat him instead. Were you watching... The bear man guy? The guy that gets eaten by a bear? Because that's... No. That's a shit. No. You know what? Maybe that's what happened in the end. (laughs) (laughs) I only tuned in for like four minutes. It sounds like the one where the guy gets eaten by a bear at the end. Um, No, this was a different one, but I'm sure this man got eaten as well. Oh, if he hasn't yet, it's something to look forward to. Yeah. Uh, But anyways, so I want you to listen to this and just give me your thoughts. Okay. (laughs) So, uh, between their canine teeth, which are very long and sharp, and their four-inch long claws in their hands. Yes. Their bare hands. They're, like, ready to rumble at any time. They're, like, good to go. You don't have to worry about them. Um, One interesting thing is if a predator was to jump on and attack the sun bear and latch onto it during a fight or whatever... Um, this sentence kind of just, like, threw me for a loop. It says that a sun bear can turn in its loose skin and bite its attacker. No. And I was like, wait, hang on, what? Is <laughs> no. that not attached to some- Is it a coat? No. Or is it its skin? So, it's juices- Because that's not what skin is. It's that's juices a- are what loose a coat inside. Is. It's juices are loose inside. <laughs> it's just a fucking water balloon. Ah! It's a meat wad. This is a meat wad. Uh, mm. Yeah, so apparently it can turn in its loose skin and bite whatever is attacking it. I'm, t- I'm picturing the most horrific scene. Yeah, just do with that what you will. Imagine that. Imagine, like, you bump into someone and all of a sudden they just, like, turn 180 degrees. In their and, skin. Yeah, in but their, their skin s- still. Exactly, but their skin is in place. It's but facing all of a sudden, forward. But all of a sudden, they're facing you, and you're like, That cannot have been written. That just, they just mean, like, it's skin so loose that he has enough, like, he can still turn while you're holding on to, like, a chunk of his goo. Not that his insides can turn, like, 180, because that, I don't even want to think that that's real, (laughs) because then I'll have nightmares. Yeah, it's really bad. Uh, I'm sure that's what Mm -hmm. the case is, but still, it threw me for a goddamn loop. I mean, Yeah understandably so so anywho sun bears are omnivorous meaning they eat a mixture of like animal products and fruit and veg delish healthy super healthy super well balanced super 2019 all these pictures i'm sorry all the pictures of the sun bear a lot of them he's like yawning and it's making me yawn (laughs) oh because they want to show like his tongue is out Uh and every time i look at it now you're making me yawn. I can't stop yawning. This stop it. Bear. Stop okay. it. I need to look at one where he's not yawning. I can't. They're all. They all want to show his tongue. Okay, I found one. Whew. So anywho, they are omnivorous, but most of their diet is composed of fruit and insects. 
which sounds delicious. And honey. And honey, exactly. So they'll use those claws and their paws and they rip open trees and they look for those insects. But and not sap bees. And honey. Do they eat the bees? I mean, they said insects. I think if they came across a bee, they'd probably be like, I'm going to eat that bee. And then they'd probably eat that bee. <laughs> <laughs> but anywho. Uh, so it just is Winnie the Pooh. It's a shape-shifting skin sack that travels through time and space and is winnie the pooh i'm sorry that smells through time and space and it wears a little shirt and has a bunch of woodland friends it wears a little crop top <laughs> Book. <laughs> hmm. yep getting bad vibes all right so let's talk about how like little baby bears come to be yeah they're Fucking, you do a chant, you do the ritual, once it's complete, mm-hmm. right? the skin grows, and you right. stick a hose in it and fill it with goo. Right. And then you, and then you have as bear. many as you need. Like, the skin is really the limiting factor. The goo <laughs> is kind of in, like, free supply. The more skin you have, the more bears you have. Right, yeah. The goo Everybody you can just kind of do with what you will. Yeah. So, interestingly enough, sun bears do not have a specific breeding season. A lot of yeah. other bear species do, and that's why you see bears at different times of the year. Duh. Every right? animal's like that. Okay. But these guys have been known, uh, the f- adult females are known to cycle several times a year, and they're the only bear species to do so. So they can just, like, do whatever they want to do any time of year. Hell yeah. Is it because they live in, like, a nice climate? Like, it's hot there I think all the that, time? Yeah. yeah, I think that probably has a good bit to do with it. Uh, they will build nests and not like a bird nest. Get no, your mind a bear like, free- nest. Yeah, exactly, guys. Free your mind a little bit. Think outside the bun. This is a bear nest, not a bird nest. Still very nice though. Most animals build nests for their young. Anywho, Ooh, a lot of bears do. They like comf beds. Yeah, they like that. <laughs> they like that Casper mattress. We would situation. always give our big bears mm-hmm. a bunch of fluff. And you can't, you could pretend that you were making it for them, and then they got there, and they're like, I don't like it. And then they would do it themselves. <laughs> yeah, they would reshuffle it and be like, this was stupid. Whoever did this was dumb. I'm going to do it better. And you're like, oh, I'm so sorry. I love I you. I failed you. <laughs> All I wanted to give you was a nice bear bed. But anyways, they'll use, um, they'll use a bunch of different uh, nesting materials, like just different substrates and hair mm-hmm. and things like that. And they'll like mm-hmm. shove it in the ground. And leafy vegetation or they'll shove it up on the branches in their tree or they'll shove it in a hollow log hmm. and yeah so like all bear cubs their cubs are born oh that's what they're called too by the way cubs is yeah. um they're born hairless Cute. and like utterly helpless <laughs> great they cannot hear or smell they have not developed their like supersonic smelling yet jesus and they're 100 percent dependent on their mom for food warmth protection love devotion all that stuff how many do they usually have like one or two uh i think it's um like anywhere between one to four i think is what Uh. i read somewhere if i'm wrong someone tell me um but anyways they so just add this to the list of nightmare things that they do the mothers can sometimes walk upright like bipedally and Uh. they'll carry their babies in their paws or their mouth to move them around which is like fuck up if you think about it, it's also kind of cute. They're just like no, shuffling babies around. It would be if we were talking about literally anything else. Mm. Okay. Well, anywho, the kiddos <laughs> uh, 
at around four to five months old are running around and playing with each other. Okay. And typically they are weaned by roughly 18 months old. After that, yeah, after that they'll hang around mom and learn the facts of life up until around two years old when they head out on their own and they start their own little bear life. (gasps) I'm seeing a picture of one holding its baby while it's walking. Mm -hmm. And then, I don't know if our listeners have heard what a bear sounds like. If you haven't, you should look it up because it's probably not what you're thinking. Bears make a number of, like, really weird sounds. Yeah. It's not just, like, the, the normal, like, uh, like bear sound. Like, they make a bunch of weird sounds. Is that what a normal bear sound is? That noise that you just made? Well, I'm an expert, so, yeah. Okay. <laughs> don't question me. <laughs> Anywho. Adult bears are known to make a kind of clucking noise that kind of yeah. sounds like a hen. And this is usually one that is like a friendly sound between bears. Aww. It's like a, it's like a, hey, how's it going kind of thing. Cute. Um, aggressive sounds, for the most part, sound traditionally aggressive. They're growling, roaring, barking, like all other bears. Yeah. And then cubs make really cute sounds. They'll uh, make like a high pitch, well not high pitch, like a middle pitch humming sound. And they'll kind of like squawk and like make like little chirping, like nursing sucking sounds. Yeah. And they're looking for their mom's attention. They're just like, Bleh! just like that. That's good. <laughs> She's like, what, what? <laughs> mom! Pretty much like, I'm hungry. I'm hungry and I'm worthless. I haven't shapeshifted into my human form yet. Hairless and helpless, man. That's the title of my autobiography. God, that's me now. That Yeah, that's my memoir. Hairless and helpless. Help me get some <laughs> hair. I'm, I'm, I'm I don't have any. I don't have any. <laughs> um, one thing, I mean, we had talked about the bears use a lot of, or they're able to smell things really well, so they do use a lot of scent signaling. But chemical, this uh, this form of chemical communication hasn't really been researched that much. Hmm. And so not a lot is known about that. They just kind of, on the surface, know that, like, bears will rub against things, yeah. like, deposit scent and, like, bits of hair. And they will um, urinate on things and drop feces to do, like, scent marking and stuff like, they, like that. like, scratch tree- trees and shit? Yeah, they do that, too. That was in Balto. Oh, look at Balto being correct. I mean, I think the dog did it, but I think the bear did it, too. Because there was, like, a bear chasing him. I don't know, oh. man. I haven't seen that in a long time. Weird. Okay. <laughs> well, um, that's kind of the general stuff about the sun bear. So, given what you've heard so far and what you just kind of know in general, what's your guess for the conservation situation for our friend the sun bear? I'm going to say they're super fucked up. Okay. More specifically? (laughs) I want to say they're endangered. Okay, um, just shy. They are vulnerable. Are they... I don't know anything about bears. Are they the bile bears or no? You do know things about bears. I know things about bears. Are they the bile bears or the dancing bears? Uh, I'm sorry, what? Are they neither? There's like bile bears, right? Where like they harvest their bile out of their body. Yeah, what's the dancing bear? I think the dancing bear is, like, another weird thing, yeah? Maybe I oh, made that I one up. I don't know. Um, are you talking about, like, in, like, a circus? Uh, I don't know. I thought there was, like, some kind of weird thing where they, like, made them dance. in a circus? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, maybe. I'm sure someone has made a bear dance at some point. I'm sure. But anywho, um, yeah, Nepal's bears are... last known dancing bear finds home oh. in Indian sanctuary. 
Interesting. What's the dancing bear? Nope. Don't know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they are considered vulnerable. And okay. it's currently unknown how many individuals are left in the wild since they are so secretive and they generally avoid human contact. But um, this is actually the reason that the IUCN has not classified them as endangered. They're highly uh, hypothesized to be endangered, but because okay. they don't have an exact count, they can't reasonably they can't classify it. it that way. Yeah, That's stupid. Yes, they can. It is widely believed, however, that the sun bear populations are rapidly declining, and this is due mainly to habitat loss from farming and logging. Surprise, surprise. Poaching. This is for their meat and for their body parts in medicines. That's where that uh, bile comes from um, that you were talking about. Oh, my God. I almost said your real name. Holy crap. That Don't doesn't happen in a while. Dare. Don't you <laughs> I was like that bleep was talking about. Holy moly. Bile in the same sentence. Woof, woof. Okay, hey, anywho. Um, quick, just, okay, so the sloth bear are the dancing bears. They were bears trained as oh. cubs and dance on their hind legs. Their snouts are pierced with a heated rod so they can be controlled by the tug of a rope or chain. So anyway, oh, that's... that's another separate fucked up thing. So let's talk about this fucked up thing. Okay, that's great. That's actually horrible. Um, so all that stuff contributes to their um, vulnerable status. And then it, on top of that... Bear cubs are really cute, and people think that they make good pets, so bears Stupid. become pets, which is horrid. Which is horrid, because they're bears, and they're not pets, because they're no, bears. they're not. Yeah. Another troubling fact is that um, they do seek out foods like um, different types of palm and coconuts and other commercial crops and things like that, yeah. which are grown by humans and thus puts them into human-wildlife conflict. Right. And it leads to a lot of trouble between sun bear and human populations. And so because of that, a lot of them are killed just through the protection of their crops, like human crops, which sucks. Right. I saw one statistic that said that the population of sun bears is thought to have declined more than 30% in the last 30 years, which really sucks. Uh, and this is on top of the fact that there's already protections in place making it illegal to kill sun bears. But good. these protections are rarely enforced because they're hard bad. to enforce. Yeah. Yeah. Good. And then bad. <laughs> um, which isn't so great. Mm. I know. It's pretty rough. And one of the things, though, uh, that you did mention earlier and that we kind of touched on a little bit was the bile situation. So Yeah, this is uh, fucking terrible. This is like the worst thing ever. Yeah, it's really bad. So in case you didn't know... Bears are frequently harvested for their, what is it, the gallbladder, I think, right? That yeah. stores bile. And um, sometimes that's all they're harvested for. Like, sometimes they're just killed in mass to harvest their gallbladder for the bile within it because it's used in traditional Chinese medicine. And people think it works for a lot of stuff, and it really kind of doesn't. It's, again, like, one of, like, I'm not in any way shitting on, like, Chinese culture, um, but it is one of those things where misinformation of with uh, like concerning traditional medicine and the actual science behind it has led to a lot of cultures adopting these beliefs and continuing them through the ages because they are a tradition and actually them having no basis in fact means that a lot of animals are losing their lives and becoming like endangered and extinct for the fact that like these types of products are collected which they do absolutely nothing which is as insult to injury yeah. like the fact that these bears are harvested 
for the sole purpose of collecting their gallbladder for their bile, and then that's it, is, like, horrid. Well, yeah, so it's a really big issue, and it's, it's sold on the though. black market. But, like, it's worse, though. Like, it's worse yeah. than that. Well, you want to talk about it? Yeah. So, it's easier to farm them, because then they're continuously producing bile. So, they farm bile bears, and so they'll capture them and like keep them and they can keep them like from cubs upwards like 30 years because bears live a long time Mm -hmm. and they keep them in these either tiny pens or tiny cages like crushed cages they call them and they can't move at all and they start atrophying they're like their muscles atrophy and they can't do anything and then the way that they harvest the bile is either by like a catheter um or just like a fucking hole that they like carve in their body and it just, like, lets the bile drip out. So they just have, like, this giant hole and wound in the side of their body. It's disgusting. That's it's horrid. It's awful. Mm-hmm. Don't Google it, because you'll want to die. It's the worst thing ever. Um, let me see if I can say anything else that you... So you don't have to look it up. Um, yeah, they can't stand or sit upright or turn around. Um, some are caught as cubs. They can be kept in these conditions for upwards of 30 years. The value of the bear trade products is estimated as $2 billion. Usually done by unskilled surgeons. Okay. So, repeated percutaneous bilary drainage Mm -hmm. uses an ultrasound imager to locate the gallbladder and then it's punctured. Permanent implantation uses a tube entered into the gallbladder through the abdomen, and then the bile is usually extracted twice a day. Catheterization involves pushing a steel catheter through the bear's abdomen into the gallbladder. The full jacket method uses a permanent catheter tube to extract the bile, which is then collected in a plastic bag set in a metal box worn by the bear. The free drip method involves making a permanent hole, hole in the bear's abdomen, which bile freely drips out. The wound is vulnerable to infection. The bile can leak back into the abdomen, causing high mortality rates. Um, And sometimes the hole is kept open with a catheter, a perspex catheter, which the Humane Society writes causes severe pain. Obviously, it's a hole in their side. Yep. Um, Yep, they don't give them antibiotics or pain management. Um, When the fistula, the fistula, the hole, um, Mm -hmm. heals, they just do it again. And then sometimes the removal of the whole gallbladder is sometimes used. Um, Great. It has been estimated that 50 to 60% of bears die from complications caused by the surgery. That's really horrific. A single bear can produce 2.2 kilograms of bile over a five-year production life. When they outlive their bile-producing years, they're often slaughtered. um, And then just, like, take their fur and paws. Because bear paws are, for some reason, considered a delicacy. Mm, And then they also sometimes just declaw them. So that they can't self-mutilate or harm farm workers. They also take their teeth out. Um, Yeah, and also the bile is contaminated with blood, pus, feces, pus, pus? (laughs) Blood, pus, feces, urine, bacteria, and cancer cells because it's just a cesspool. Right. So, yeah. Farmed Farmed bile bears live to an average of five years old. Whereas a healthy captive bear can live up to 35 and wild bears between 25 and 30. Awesome. That's so just really horrific. Think about all those things. Yeah, isn't that fucking absolutely terrible and makes you want to die? 
Mm-hmm. Um, so if you want to look up bile bears, there's an entire Wikipedia page that I kind of just read to you. There's It gets worse. There's photos that are horrific on the internet. So just mm-hmm. enjoy that. They're literally in a fucking prison for their organs to be fucking juiced. I mean, it's like absolutely disgustingly miserable. The mm-hmm. bears, the photos are horrible. And this is like still happening. Yeah, it's a common practice and it really sucks. Um, people are horrible and cruel. Yeah. And it's not just sun bears, it's like uh, Asiatic black bears and um, sloth bears too, I think. Well, I know there was like a big discovery in the United States not that long ago about a place like a big bear farm, essentially, that they were culling the bears for selling their gallbladders on the black market. Great. Yeah, it was horrific. Um, one more thing I wanted to mention that I forgot to. So, like, poaching by humans is a big threat as well. Yeah. And one of the ways that they do that is a process called jacklighting. I wrote it in my notes here and then I forgot to mention it. Um, but it's where they will go into the forest because I don't think I mentioned this, but sun bears for the most part are nocturnal. Oh. And so they're, like, hanging out and, like, sleeping and stuff in the trees during the day. And then at night that's when they're, like, roaming around looking for food. And so um, what they'll do is they'll go in at night and they'll take these, like, really, really bright, like, blinding lights and they'll flash them into the forest and they will catch the glowing eyes of, like, the bears and, like, other animals that live there and it temporarily stuns them so they can't see anything and then they shoot them out of the tree with a shotgun, Uh. which is so horrible. Uh. Yeah, it's super shitty. Every animal, we've talked about this before, every animal has inherent value beyond the fact that, like, they have a purpose for us. So, like, the sun bear's value isn't the fact that, like, we get whatever, like, bile out of it. Like, that's nothing. No. It's the fact that it's, like, a living being and it deserves to live. Yes. Um, but one of the things in particular that bears and, like, sun bears are known for is that they're keystone species. So, Fuck I think yeah, we've mentioned dude. this a couple times before. And keystone species are those that essentially give uh, us an idea of the health of the habitat in which they live. And they also are one that, like, if you see their population stable or declining or improving or whatever, like, you're likely to see that in every species that lives in the same area that they do. Yeah. Because they're so interwoven in, like, the web of connectivity of all those species. Yes. Um, But bears in particular, just because of their varied diet and um kind of like their um like browsing nature they will or they're important seed dispersers so they eat a lot of different like fruit and vegetation and stuff like that shit out of the place exactly and then they roam a large territory so they're dispersing the seeds in their feces across that territory and repopulating the plant life and then that draws in other animals that eat that those plants and all that fun stuff um but they they're a huge part of keeping a forest healthy and diverse and alive so it's pretty cool and then like i said part of being a keystone species also is what's known as like being an indicator and that lets you know the health of an area in that ecosystem based on the health of the sun bear population mm-hmm. and then part of that as well is they're considered an umbrella species so all those terms kind of connect in different ways but the term umbrella species just means that they live alongside like a billion other animals that share the same like habitat needs that they have so right they're all connected in that way so one of the best things that you can do if you're looking to help out sun bears is a one don't support 
the illegal trafficking of sun bears. Like, that's easy. Step number one, don't do it. It's horrific and it's cruel. And it probably goes on more often than you think. Every day. So just if, like, I know one thing that we would always tell people is, like, if you're going to visit a place and, like, any sort of animal facility, just make sure it's reputable. That helps every animal that lives in that facility, but it also just helps the, like, health of that species as a whole. Like, if you're going to a place that has, like, 10,000 bears and you have the opportunity to, like, hold a bunch of baby bear cubs and, like, take pictures with them and they always have bear cubs, like, it's just, like, those tiger temples, like, that's probably not the best place for those bears. Like, that's really shady and something's probably up. So just make sure you're doing your research when you do seek out those, like, recreation opportunities with your family. We're not trying to, like, shit on your fun or, like, say that you can't do those, like, do fun things with animals or whatever, but... Like, be conscious about it because you have a real impact on their livelihood. So that's really important as well. Um, but then on top of that, um, sun bears, just because of the habitat in which they live in, are affected by palmo plantations, which mm. is a really big thing that, like, tigers, orangutans, like, red pandas, all of those Asiatic animals are hugely affected by. So by being a smart, conscious consumer, you can really make an impact on their habitat and ensure that it's around for years to come. So to do that, just make sure that you're not buying unsustainable palm oil products. So what that basically means is you're looking for products by companies that have made the pledge to use sustainably sourced palm oil as opposed to um, unsustainably sourced palm oil. Because the ones that are have made that pledge to have a sustainable source are doing so um, through ethical means of palm oil plantations, and they're not just like wildly destroying the habitat but they're like harvesting this crop which is super helpful to humans but they're doing so in a healthy way for the ecosystem and the animals that live there yeah so it's super super important to do that and one of the best things that you can do and one of the easiest things you could do to be a conscious consumer in this way is to download the cheyenne mountain zoo palm oil app it's free to do you can download it on your smartphone and it's a barcode scanner so you can go in the grocery store and like if you're considering buying a product and you don't know whether it's like orangutan or sun bear or like tiger friendly or whatever you can scan it and it will give you an immediate listing of whether or not it's that that animal friendly or not and it'll say like yes it's orangutan friendly or no this is bad for sun bears or like whatever um and it'll tell you why, and it will give you more information about the company and the product, and it'll give you alternatives if you want to, like, buy that similar product, but you want to do so with a company that's looking out for those animals. So it's, like, a super, super Fucking awesome... easy and, like, win-win for everybody. Exactly. Like, we have to make conservation easy, otherwise people aren't going to do it. And Cheyenne Mountain Zoo has definitely made it easy. So kudos to you guys. You made that awesome, and I use it all the time. It's super helpful. Like, just the other day, I was buying, like, lotion or something, and that's one that's notoriously full of unsustainable palm oil. So I, like, did my research. It took me 30 extra seconds while I was standing in the lotion aisle at Target, and I walked away with a brand that, like, was orangutan-friendly, so it worked out great. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, But then just having an appreciation of nature, like, this is helpful for all animals because it allows you to, like, really understand what's going on. It allows you to, like be more conscious of what you do and to like spread information and seek out new information and be informed and all that stuff is important for the animals around us like we as keepers are advocates for the animals within our care 
But that shouldn't just stop with the animals within our care. And that shouldn't just stop with the fact that, like, keepers are the ones that do it. I personally believe that, like, everyone on the planet should be an advocate for the planet and its inhabitants. Yeah, dude. Because, like, animals can't speak to us in the way that we are likely to listen. We have to advocate for them. Um, And just like all living beings on the planet, like, we have to advocate for them. It's our responsibility. We're the ones destroying it, so it's even more so our responsibility. Um, And so... You know, keep that in mind. You have, like, a really powerful role, even if you don't think you do. And use your voice wisely. You never know what you might be able to do with it. Like, look at freaking David Attenborough. His voice is literally the voice of planet Earth. (laughs) Love that (laughs) man. Yeah, and he's incredible. And he's, like, made such an impact on so many people. So just remember that. Your love of wildlife and, like, your interest in the world can really make a difference. So keep at it. Um, but then obviously like donating to different conservation organizations yes. are really helpful as well. There are a bunch out there. Animals Asia, um, they do a bunch of work in Asia and they have bear sanctuaries where they've like rescued, um, sun bears and moon bears from bile farms. Um, yeah, that's so incredible. Have, yeah. They have, um, different ways you can donate. You can even, they have like a shop, but like. There, and then, like, it's really super nice. Like, it's, like, you can send them $50, and it makes, like, a bear pool party, and they, like, fill up one of their, like, pools for the bears to swim in and stuff. And then there's so one that's, cute. like, $200, and that'll give them, like, a tooth extraction because, like, the bears have really awful teeth because they chew on the bars and they, like, live in the um, mm-hmm. the cages. Um, you can, for $10, you can buy them a jar of strawberry jam. Oh. You can send a mound of marshmallows. Oh. So they put their medicine in the squishy marshmallows. That's um, so cute. Yeah, dude. So that's awesome. You should check out Animals Asia if you're into if you're into bears. Yeah, and I know the Bornean Sun Bear Conservation Center has done a lot of work like um, on location for sun bears in their natural habitat, which is really oh. cool too. Um, but yeah, if you have extra funds lying around, even if it's just like 50 cents or something, and you want to do something to help out animals, like making those small financial or large financial contributions are a great way to help out too. Yeah. So just keep all of that in mind. Um, sun bears are awesome. They're a really interesting animal. Hey, weird They kind of are super creepy, but they're they worth living too. <laughs> uh, do they like hibernate slash go into torpor? Uh, not really. I couldn't find that in my research, and maybe I just, like, didn't look in the right place, but I didn't see anything like that. I feel like, like they wouldn't need to because they live, like, in that warmer climate, so it makes sense that they don't. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess that's – this is a good chance to talk about this since we're talking about bears. Um, do you want to talk about the difference between torpor and hibernation? Because no. I think that's, like, a really common misconception. Um. Yeah, I don't, I don't know off the top of my head, but um, people think that like bears quote hibernate, which means they like go to sleep, and they're like yeah for like out. months on end. But they actually don't; they're awake the whole time. And like we've seen bears quote hibernating in a place that we worked, and they're like awake. They like look at you, and they're like, "Hey, shut the fuck up! I'm like lounging," because basically mm-hmm. they just like lounge for a long time instead (laughs) yeah pretty much yeah they're not like dead to the world they're awake and they're moving around and they'll stand up and they'll lay down and they'll roll over but they're just like chilling yeah so i think 
if I remember correctly, hibernation is not actually what bears do. Hibernation is no. when, like, your body kind of shuts down for like a while. Like, you're yes. still alive and you're still, like, conscious, but you are sort of, like, totally inactive. Yes. Like, I feel like and frogs and... Sh- not frogs, but, like... Like, frogs. don't, um... Don't, like, squirrels hibernate or something? Yeah, like, little bats and shrews and shit, I think. Yes, yes. Uh... So, okay, here it is. So, hibernation is a voluntary state that an animal enters in order to conserve energy and survive when food is scarce and minimize their need to face the elements in cold winter months. Also, it does so, say frogs do it. I was right. Oh, frogs. hell yeah. <laughs> uh, and so, it's described as a really deep sleep. And the body generally drops its body temperature, the breathing rate slows, the heart rate slows, and the metabolic rate slows. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you just kind of become this, like, little slug. And this can last... For days, weeks, or months, depending on whatever species it is. And most often, this hibernation state is triggered by the day length and hormone changes in the animal that kind of tells them that they need to conserve their energy. Yeah. And this, like, prior to this is the point where the animals will store fat, like, by eating extra food to help them survive the winter. That doesn't mean that they're just, like, dead and, like, inactive to the world. Like, they can wake up to, like, eat and drink if they need to or, like, defecate or whatever. But... For the most part, the ones that are hibernating are staying in that really low energy state kind of as long as they possibly can. Right. And in fact, if they're going to wake up, quote unquote, from a hibernation to like pee or whatever, um, it takes them several hours and it uses up a lot of the conserved energy. So like, save your pee, man. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like I'm like that some nights. Like, I'm just like warm and sleepy. I'm like, I have to pee, but it's going to take a lot to get me out of this bed. Yep. (laughs) But yeah, so true hibernation is something that uh, I have a list here, like mice, squirrels, snakes, bees, woodchucks, and some bats generally do. And I think you said like frogs too, right? Yeah, I think so. It sounds like something a frog would do. (laughs) So like, I guess on the, yeah, right. I guess on the like (laughs) spectrum of like super sleepiness, so like hibernation is the sleepiest. And then above that is torpor, which is less sleepy. So it's similar to hibernation in that it's still a, like, survival tactic used during the winter months, and it involves a lower body temperature, breathing rate, heart rate, and metabolic rate. However, uh, torpor appears to be an involuntary state the animal enters when, like, the conditions are appropriate. Mm. And unlike hibernation, it lasts for a shorter period of time, sometimes Mm. just through a night or a day, depending on the feeding pattern of that animal. So they consider it, like, hibernation light. So it's just like you like kind of like pass out for a little bit and then you wake up and you're like, oh, okay, I'm good to go. Right. But during their active period of the day, they have their normal like body temperature and like heart rate and metabolic rate and breathing rate. Uh, But while they're inactive, that's when they go into that deeper sleep that allows them to conserve energy and survive. In addition to this, the like arousal from their torpor period takes a lot less time than arousal from the hibernation period. And it can only take around an hour. And this is actually really funny. It says that uh, it involves them violently shaking. Oh, my God. <laughs> so just so you kind of just, like, buzz yourself awake. <laughs> just, like, thrash around till you're awake. I'm up. <laughs> Pretty much. And obviously this expends energy, but the loss is offset by the energy that they save in their torpor state. Hmm. So... It's pretty cool. Uh, so bears are actually in torpor. They're not in hibernation. Not in hibernation. When will our education system ever work i know i feel like they teach us that from day one is like bears hibernate and it's like okay but they don't and like this is one thing 
I'm sorry. I know we're getting a little off topic here, but no, this, this is, is one thing that on drives me nuts. You're right. We it is on topic. Fucking podcast. If the education system <laughs> did it, we could be doing something. I could be sleeping right now. I could be in torpor right now. I could be in torpor and then violently shake myself awake, but I'm having to re-educate people. So that's one thing that just like drives me nuts is like, I feel like we're told that from day one, like bears hibernate. And then like, I would say 75% of my public interactions with people that look like our guests that come through the door is correcting misinformation. Yes. And it's, it's not their fault because like, I mean, they didn't choose to like be taught the wrong thing, but it still sucks. It's like, why, if we have the option to teach kids the right thing are we teaching them the wrong thing like i just don't understand that like that drives me insane but it's like a perpetual wheel right so like the teachers don't fucking know either yeah but like there was some jackass at some point that was like oh i'm gonna say they hibernate and like it was like a secret to himself and he thought it was hilarious and then it was never corrected right and now that like unless you're like a animal lover turned teacher you're still teaching the same thing that you were taught and then it's just like Forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Well, and it's, like, frustrating because when I, like, will bring up, like, the fact that that is, like, a common misconception and I'll correct it or whatever, people get so freaking offended. And I'm like, okay, well, I don't really, I'm not going to, like, preserve your feelings just to let you continue thinking the wrong thing. Yeah, this is, like, a place where you come to be educated about things and that's, like, part of my job. Like, I'm not going to be a dick about it, but at the same time... I'm also, if I've told you that, like, this gorilla isn't a monkey and you keep calling it a monkey, um, I'm going to be like, hey, no, it's not, though. And they'll just be like, well, it's not that big a deal. Like, my three-year-old just thinks it's a monkey. I'm like, well, then correct him. (laughs) Like, what? She's not locked into that. (laughs) Children are stupid. It just, like, it drives me insane. And I don't understand that. And then they just, like like I said, they get all butthurt. And they're just like, well, my daughter, like, was told that they hibernate. So that's just what she's going to, like, say. And it's like, well, no, you could just, like, teach her the right thing. Right. And then she n- is better for it. Yep. What? It just, like, makes no sense to me. Anywho. I don't get it either. I really fucking don't. It's aggravating. So, Sun Bears and Media. <laughs> I didn't really find that many. I don't know. If anyone out there has found any, let me know because I didn't find any. But like bears are mm. everywhere in media, so like I'm not even gonna They're probably go into that. Tycoon. Probably, you know what they probably are. <laughs> um, but I mean, I'm just gonna go ahead and say it. This might be controversial, but like Winnie the Pooh is a sun bear. Fight me about it. I'm shook. <laughs> Come at me, bro. Let me Google a picture. Winnie. I mean, he looks nothing like a sun bear, because sun bears look like nightmare man bears, but... He's very round. He is a rotund boy, this Winnie the Pooh. He's kind of got the the morphology of, like a, like, a black bear, I would say. Yeah, or just, like, a jelly bean with legs. Like an American black bear, I should say. <gasps> I, drew, um, I drew a picture of Winnie the Pooh the other day. I sent that to you. <laughs> you did. I know. It was really nice. It was... It really was jelly beany. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm all for it. He walks on two legs. He eats honey. He's a sun bear now. Little honey bear. We should make a horror. Oh, my God. Okay. We should have this, like, horrible. We could. Oh, my God. This is going to be so good. We could make, like, this cute little, like, Winnie that We'll get sued by Disney. We can't do this. But listen. We could have this cute little Winnie the Pooh. And he's like, oh, I'm so cute. 
Like, look at how cute I am. And then he gets fucking captured, and someone digs a hole in his side, and they lock him in a cage and fucking siphon out his bile from his fucking gallbladder. And then that could be our PETA ad. People would shit themselves. Yeah, they would. PETA's really good at um, spreading that correct information. Shock and awe. Hey, sometimes they have... They just are a little much, but sometimes their heart is semi in the right place. Yeah, agreed. And then sometimes it's fucking not. And then sometimes it's really off base. Yeah. Have you seen that little cartoon that's like Mickey Mouse has like a shirt and pants on? And then he sees Winnie the Pooh and Winnie the Pooh's like, oh, I'm naked. And he like takes his shirt off and gives it to Winnie the Pooh. And that's why Winnie the Pooh has a shirt and Mickey only has pants. <gasps> what? No. <laughs> It's not, like, real. Someone just made it, and it's, like... Okay, I was about to ask. I was, like, is that canonical? But I, like, cried when I saw it. It's, like, the cutest thing. I know. That's so pure. It says, your greatness is not what you have, but what you give. And, like, (gasps) in the snow... I'm going to send it to you. You're going to cry. I (gasps) cried. I was, like, really weepy the other day, and I saw it, and I cried. (laughs) Oh, my God. Who did this? Who's done this to us? (laughs) Who? Um, is this the end of the episode? That was it. Yeah, I was going to launch into a TLDL. Oh, do that first while I send you this. Okay, great. So sun bears are Asiatic bears. They're found in tropical forests in Southeast Asia. They are two different subspecies, the Malayan and the Bornean sun bear. And they're the smallest of all eight species of bears. The Malay name of sun bear is translated into he who likes to sit high because they live up in the trees. And for the most part, sun bears are nocturnal, and they feed on mostly fruits and insects, but they are omnivorous, so they just kind of eat any and everything. They, let's see, let's see. Mm, They have a really cool, unique, um, like, golden crest on their chest, whereas the rest of them is covered in, like, dense, short black fur. And that golden crest is unique to each individual, so it's kind of like a fingerprint, like, identifier. And... People think it looks like a rising or setting sun, which is why they're called the sun bear. They have a bunch of really cool adaptations, but um, they're really, really good at climbing trees. And so a couple of those adaptations are that their eyes face a little bit more forward. They have uh, long, sharp claws that help them climb trees. Like the way their body is built and the way that their legs kind of like pigeon toe inward all helps them in their ability to climb trees they are listed as vulnerable on the iucn red list and their population is estimated to have declined by 30 percent in the past three generations um which is really bad and unfortunately people are terrible and they poach them and hunt them and destroy their habitat and have like uh harvest them for their gallbladder for their bile and they also put them in horrible bile farms which we talked about, and it was the worst thing we've ever talked about. That's pretty much it. You should really look into them. You should love all bears. Bears are amazing. They're the best. And you should consider doing what you can to help out sun bear populations by being a conscious consumer and avoiding unsustainable palm oil to becoming informed and helping your family and friends become informed. Consider donating to different bear conservation efforts and... Preserve natural habitats by doing things like meatless Mondays, cutting down on the disposable paper products you use, all that kind of stuff. That's it. Uh, Hey, I sent you that meme, and while I was doing it, I saw another meme, and I realized that that bear meme, that sad bear, that's a sun bear. What's sad bear? The confession bear meme. It's like a sad bear with his, like, foot on a log. 
Aww. And people always make it say, like, like kind of sad confession-y things. Oh. Do you know what I'm talking Is, about? Yeah, I do. That's a sun bear. Um, Bears and media, man. There it is. There it is. That's number one memes. Number one bear. That's the number one media. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> that was interesting and disturbing. I'm on a roller coaster of emotions where, like, I hate it, but I want to save the shit out of it. Right. You don't have to love it to want to no. save it. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's where I'm at. I did want to give a shout out just a bitch. I feel like we haven't done it in a while. Oh, yeah. Let's do it. Okay, so if you've seen our logo, it's beautiful, and it was created by this beautiful man named Mitch Torbert. You can check him out on Instagram. It's at Mitch Torbert, T-O-R-B-E-R-T. He made our logo, and he's the best. So if you need anyone for any of your graphic design needs, he is your main man. You can look at all of the cool shit he does. He, like, designs beer cans. He's, like, the coolest fucking person. Yeah, and anyway. he's just, like, an overall great dude. Love him. Oh, yeah. And he's just, like, the dopest. And I just wanted to, like, maybe do, like, a little teaser that, like, maybe we're in contact with him again for maybe designing us something else. Maybe for some reason. Uh-oh. Maybe. 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 That's all. Bye! Yeah, maybe you'll just have to stay tuned and, and see what happens. Bye! Okay. Thank you, everyone, for joining us this week. We hope you enjoyed hearing about the Sun Bear and learning some cool stuff about them. If you enjoyed this episode, please check out our Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all of our social media, because we post a lot of fun, weird things, and we think you'll like them. In addition, if you haven't joined our newest fan base group, Keeper Chat Grind Time, go ahead and check it out. It's totally free and open to everyone who wants to join it. Uh, it's on it's Facebook. It's pretty active. Yeah, and it's pretty active, and the memes on there are on point. Love Ethan these people. keeps making, like, isn't that his name? Keeps making like yes original memes and it I scream every time. <laughs> it's true. Flora calls me and she just screams in my ear and, and I'm like and I you're know like, it's time it's time it's I know it's time, time. that Ethan he posted. <laughs> Ethan made a meme, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, check all that stuff out. We would love if you guys could give us a follow uh, and share it with your friends and family if you think they would enjoy. In addition, if you are enjoying this podcast and you like our episodes, please consider rating and reviewing us on iTunes. Or, and, and or, share it with your friends and family. Yes, and thank you to everyone who did it very recently. We got a bunch of new ones. Yes, Someone said we really they, like, appreciate it. That they lived for our Pokemon references, which just, like, <gasps> made me feel better about myself and the fact that we go on. Okay, they said, and this is from MHSW1219. I love this podcast, not only because they get to learn about obscure animals I've never heard of, but I live for the Pokemon references. <laughs> We're glad to hear it because that's quickly what this podcast has become. <laughs> yeah, it's just a big old shit post. It really is. But anywho, if you enjoy this, please consider sharing it with your friends and family, coworkers, whatever. Because we don't really do anything as far as advertising. So all of the listens and downloads and stuff that we get are because of all of you. It's so we appreciate you. that. As always, if you like this, great. If you didn't, great. Great. We're gonna we're gonna go ahead and smell you later. Bye. Bye.